Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Let me start this morning with a couple of observations about coronavirus and the ban on sports. I have two comments. One, This is a perfect example when a commissioner of youth sports would have really have helped. Over the last couple of weeks, instead of a haphazard approach where most games were being played in front of no fans and some tournament settings and venues were being shifted, particularly at the high school level, other tournaments and seasons were being postponed or flat out canceled, it really would have helped helped us all if there were some sort of central national spokesperson for sports who could offer possible solutions and real directions to our kids who compete in sports during this time, whether at the youth, travel, high school, or collegiate level. Now, of course, I know that everybody is being victimized by this medical crisis. We all know that. And we understand and fully accept that immediate and unprecedented changes have been made due to taking precautionary uh, measures. But that being said, if your son or daughter was to have played in an important high school or college game, well, those cancellations, while necessary, must seem totally unfair and outrageous, especially if your youngster is a senior in school. Look, we know this. Once your kid's years in school come to an end, if his or her games are not to be played, they have nothing to look back on except to say that they had high hopes But those hopes were dashed away through no fault of their own. And that's not a good thing. I do think a central panel of medical experts appointed by a commissioner of youth sports would have helped dramatically, at least in trying to map out a more systematic and comprehensive approach to this crisis. Comment number two, and on a more positive note, one Uplifting observation while I was watching a a live stream of the Horace Greeley High School Newburgh Free Academy boys basketball game this past week. This was the large school New York State semifinal championship game, and the game was supposed to have been played at SUNY New Paltz. But because of the concerns, uh, the medical concerns, it ended up being played in Newburgh Free Academy's home gymnasium. But because of the virus, no fans, no students, No parents were allowed into the gym. Just the two teams, the refs, and a small handful of school officials. The only noise during the live cast came from the coaches on the sidelines and the cheering that came from the individual kids on each bench. 
It reminded me of, of, uh, of a typical high school preseason scrimmage game. But even scrimmage games often attract a few fans and parents that come and watch. But for this key state playoff game, there was literally less than a dozen people there. The result? It was a flat-out terrific game. One on a buzzer beater by Chris Mellis of Greeley, who broke a tie score and propelled Greeley to the next round of the New York State AA Championships. Except, of course, that next game was unfortunately postponed until when? No one knows if it will ever take place, and chances are it won't. So what's my point? Well, as I'm watching this live, live stream, the fact that the lack of spectators and fans really had no impact at all on the players or on the intensity of the game itself. The kids from both teams, from both Newburgh and from Greeley, well, they played their hearts out. They made great plays. They made terrific shots. They were all focused on winning the game. And when the Greeley team won on that buzzer beater, well, that team jumped for joy and they hugged each other. But, of course, there was, there was no rush of fans onto the floor. No parents running out to them. The kids celebrated briefly, looked around. They lined up respectively to go through a solemn handshake line with the disappointed Newburgh kids. And that was it. The gym emptied in a matter of seconds as the kids headed to their respective locker rooms. Would the kids like to have played in front of a cheering, emotional crowd with their parents in attendance? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure they would have. But in the alternative world in which we now live, it was both moving and gratifying to see these kids play so hard and play so well, all for themselves and for their teammates. I'm talking about both teams. In short, in a society where so many of our young athletes today seem to be playing for the open approval of their parents, where the kids are seemingly trying to live up to parental expectations. It was refreshing and uplifting to see these basketball players, these high school basketball players, go out on their own and in a relatively quiet gym, play so hard for themselves and for their own dreams. In other words, this game was meaningful to them on a very personal level, regardless of the lack of fanfare in the Newburgh gym. Now, I know that might not mean a lot in the grand scheme of things, but in a culture where so many kids play for parental approval these days, this was really great to see. It underscores that our youngsters still play sports full out because the sports and the competition they're in remain so important to them personally. But now... Let's move on to more, th more thoughts about kids and sports affected by the, by the ban. The questions from sports parents are being asked. Most significantly, it's crushing for high school and college athletes to see the end of their winter sports and now spring sports being either postponed or canceled. What happens next? I know you've been following this. A lot of talk about the NCAA in particular uh, extending another year to kids who, who've lost their spring uh, seasons. And, and I want to talk about this on a personal level. In fact, I want to bring in a longtime friend, sports parenting advocate and contributor to the Sports Edge, Tony Fiorino, who was watching all this uh, transpire as a sports parent himself. And friends, yeah, we'll take calls about this, uh, this situation this morning, some other issues as well. You know the number. It's one 337 6666 Tony, good morning. How are hey, you? Hey, Rick. How you doing? Let's talk about this is hitting home for you and your daughter, Sophia, who was a, a, a junior lacrosse player at the University of Alabama. 
Yeah, this is all real-time stuff. And, you know, selfishly looking at this strictly as a sports dad, there are a couple of questions that go through my mind. Now, some of them are already being answered. Primarily, you know, I feel bad enough for the kids who have played winter sports, but in some cases their season's over. Mm -hmm. Spring sports, especially in the Northeast, are just starting to happen. And the NCAA is, you know, basically guiding the individual conferences. And in most cases what's happening is seasons are over. Um, a baseball team from Long Island literally got off their plane in Florida, didn't even get to practice, and they were told, turn around, come home, season is over. Mm -hmm. And that's heartbreaking enough because um, you only have those four years to play. But now you've got to say, okay, is one of them just literally thrown in the garbage? So for those kids who are on track to get out of college in four years, you say, okay, what do you do? Um, and, and for me, I said, well, sure, the NCAA – just has to give these kids that extra year of eligibility, or even that same year, just give it back to them, grandfather it, for lack of a better term. But as I'm sure you and I are going to discuss in a bit, and I'm sure some callers are going to chime in, you know, there are domino effects with things like scholarships and, and general recruiting and, and, and redshirting and um, having kids potentially take an extra semester or two that maybe wouldn't. So I'm sorting this all out for myself, but it looks as if the NCAA across uh, all three divisions. I don't know about the NAIA or the JUCOs, but um, I think in the cases of the actual NCAA across all divisions, I think they're going to honor that extra year of eligibility. But like I said, it opens up a whole new can of worms, not for well, my daughter, but for the coaches, more importantly. Well, let's talk about this, because you mentioned this, uh, and I do have the same concerns. Okay, how does this work? How would the, and I'm sure the NCAA is trying to figure this out right now. How does this work in terms of if we grant another year of eligibility, but particularly to the seniors who are being you know, really uh, going to really end up uh, being on the short end of the stick, how, how, do, how does this work? Do you give another year so they can play next year? Do you extend the scholarships another year as well if they're on scholarship? Uh, what about the kids who are coming in as recruits? Uh, all of a sudden you can have a rosters that might be a little bit more uh, crowded. Uh, particularly because now you have an extra year of seniors and you have a freshman coming in. It's complicated. And, and um, yes, I'm sure it'll be a one-time uh, situation. It won't obviously continue into the future, but it is complicated. And I, I, I mean, in talking to your daughter, uh, what is her sense? Now, did, did her lacrosse team play any games so far? They played a handful of games, and, you know, uh She's having a you know, terrific season and all that, but it is just now literally over the course of a couple of days, it's now just gone. And what's more, Rick, and you may know this as well, a lot of colleges across the country are simply saying, uh, hey, students, I mean, non-athletes, the semester is going to be remote and online for the rest of the year. Of course. So what's happening is that these college campuses are looking like um, what I guess it's been declared, which is national emergency. People are packing up cars. And they're driving across the country to come home. The athletes have stuck around for a couple of more days because, again, they're not being kicked out, especially if they don't live on campus. But there's no reason for them to be there. It's a very, um, I guess I'll say it, it's a stressful time. There, there's, I hate to say panic amidst everything that's going on, but these kids have no clue. And when they turn to us idiots as parents, we don't have a whole lot more information to give them. So um, we're, it, it feels a lot, it feels helpless and it feels kind of like limbo. But you know, that's, that's, it's just day by day right now. So Sophia is probably, come Tuesday, she'll be, you know, crammed with all of her possessions in a car heading back up to New York. 
Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I think you pretty much have pinpointed that. We're talking with Tony Fiorino. Uh, we're talking about his daughter, uh, Sophia, who's a junior lacrosse player at the University of Alabama. Now, Alabama was one of those states, looking at the numbers, had very, very few uh, corona infections. But eventually, you know, I guess they it's become a national emergency. They decided to shut down all this. Because quite frankly, if Alabama goes on the road in the southeast, other, other states, other universities are being affected. So obviously there's no way to play. Oh, yeah. In fact, I think Alabama is still, and I could be wrong because it changes day to day, but I believe Alabama was at least, there were four states that were, that had zero cases, Alabama being one of them. But that, as you said, that's not the point. All it takes, I mean, just look at the NBA. All it takes is one person on one team to make yep. one trip. And, you know, that's, that's how pandemics happen. And, again, I hate using the term because, again, the numbers of this versus the flu in terms of death and numbers affected is minuscule. Um, so we, we can get to the political side of this sometime over a, a, cup of, a cup of coffee. But, yeah, when the day is done, there, it was the prudent thing to do, and I think you alluded to it earlier. There was, uh, our lack of ability to act on a grander scale is what really caused this thing to cross you know, international and state lines, and now we're just forced to deal with it. Yeah, it, it is. It is uh, and, again, everybody is, uh, is very much quietly trying to cope as best they can. And with the kids in particular – uh, as you mentioned that, Tony, uh, that's the real concern uh, because they look to us as the as the adults, as the grown-ups. Okay, tell us we're going to be okay. Tell us this is going to have a happy ending. Tell us that we're going to be healthy. And, of course, the parents really can't because we don't know. And, and uh, I think the kids pick up on that. And the, and the kids, of course, being so much tuned into uh, the internet and, 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 and cyberspace, they are following this like hawks and, and are wondering what's going to happen next. And of course, the, 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 the problems in the last couple of weeks, there was such mass confusion. Are we going to cancel uh, or postpone? I mean, the difference between canceling and postponing. Are we just going to postpone championship games from the winter sports in the high school level? Are we going to cancel them? Are we going to postpone the start of the spring sports, or just cancel them. Now, as you just mentioned, at the collegiate level, where most of the college campuses are being shut down uh, and the kids are taking their classes remotely, still the question is, okay, are we suspending or are we totally canceling? And, and that's a real concern because, again, the kids look to us and say, what's going on? And the other concern, too, is if you're a senior and all of a sudden in college and your last year is being taken away and they're saying, well, you can come back next year if you want and play – but now you're thinking, okay, do I really want to do that? Is it uh, shouldn't I go out and get a job? I may have, I may have gotten some scholarship money, but I probably have some some student debt. I mean, is this really worth an effort to, to basically hang on for another year? These are tough questions, tough decisions that a, kids didn't have to really confront up until two weeks ago, and b, the parents are wondering the same thing. Well, you, you, you hit a really big one, and, and that's, it's not just about whether or not the scholarship money is going to be granted. You know, outside of the inclusion sports where scholarships are all or nothing, most sports and most schools are on partial scholarships. Of so course, while everyone loves to sign their, their national letter of intent, and they all earn it, and it's a great honor to do that, if a parent is out... 10, 20 grand a semester, which is not uncommon for kids who are on scholarship, and I used air quotes, but I'm on radio. Um, <laughs> so how do you say, hey, mom and dad, I want to go another year? And you say, great. So, okay, eligibility is one thing. Another $40,000 out of my pocket for a season that was canceled is another. And you know better than me, Rick, a kid who gets out of college in four years 
with all their credits is not the norm anymore. In fact, when colleges talk about their graduation rate, they tend to talk of it in terms of five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, knock wood, you know, I have kids that are on track and, you know, they've all done it in four years. Um, so now it becomes, well, let's take my case out of it. There's a financial aspect to this as well, and it's not just about, hey, should um, little Sophia be able to play lacrosse one more year? It's, it should little Tony Fiorino have to pay more money for her to go and do that. So, well, that's, that's and, what's going to happen, and I yep. tell you something, Tony. Uh, looking this a year ahead, if now all of a sudden there's more recruits who've come into the program, and your daughter, let's say, is a senior and um, – or, you know, it wants to say, okay, I should get the, the lion's share of playing time. And the coach says, yeah, but I got another kid who's really good who's a freshman. Suddenly there are issues like, hey, coach, I had to basically pay for an extra year of college so I can come back and play for you. And now you're going to cheat me on playing time? I can just see a whole, I can see a whole range of issues popping up because of this situation. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's going to be well, I really – the coach is, is in a tough spot, and I think this is where, especially at the higher levels, I mean, there's a lot of red shirt utilization at the higher levels of D1, but it's going to be really now, you're going to, <laughs> it's like bringing the DH rule to, to the National League or, or vice versa if you take it away. There are going to be a ton of red shirts. A, a majority of incoming freshmen, depending on how many seniors stay, yep. are going to be red shirted. So even though the scholarships and the eligibility is a one-year deal, there's going to be a trickle-down effect with regard to the red shirts because now you have a built in extra year of eligibility for a lot of these players that are coming in starting next year. And the smart coaches will kind of weed that out a little bit and maybe not necessarily redshirt every freshman, but the ones that aren't going to be starters or impact players year one, they're going to be much more of them being redshirted, and that's going to impact how many kids will be redshirted next year. So I think there'll be a little bit of a dwindling effect, but I've I got to tell you, some coaches are going to earn their keep based on how they manage their rosters and their slots and their scholarships. And I'll tell you, Tony, and, uh, and I thank you for, for spending some time with me this morning about this issue and how it affects you and Sophia, but I agree with you because most kids in college, unless they're playing at, at a, a revenue sport like like football or basketball, most of the kids are getting, you know, sliced and diced scholarships. And the other question is going to be, is it worth, as you said, is it worth my while to spend another uh, chunk of change to spend uh, another year in college campus uh, so I can play a year from now? It's going to be difficult. And obviously every parent is going to have to figure this out with their son or daughter to, to gauge if this is worth doing. It's going to be tough. And it's going to put, unfortunately, it's going to put a lot of financial, more financial strain on parents because I'm sure they'll want their kid to, to play if they can. So, Well, the uncommitted seniors in high school are the ones I feel the most sorry for because they, they, there's no issue to discuss. Uh, that's right. That's, and that's another good point. And they're coming out of one situation where if they're not recruited highly, or even if they are, a kid who looks in and says, I'm slotted next year to play you know, wherever, um, now you say, okay, well, the senior that was leaving is now not leaving, so you're no longer slotted. Yeah. And, who, I mean, and there's nothing they can do about it. There's so nothing I mean, they can do. Help the feeling. There's nothing they can do. Tony, I got to take a, a break for some commercial messages, but uh, obviously, thank you for your time. We'll talk to you again real soon. Sounds great, Rick. Thanks. That's uh, Tony Fiorino, longtime contributor to the Sports Edge, and obviously talking as a parent about his own daughter, who was directly affected at this. Uh, she's a junior lacrosse player at the University of Alabama. Okay, let me take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll go right to your calls at one eight seven seven. 337-6666. 
And back there on the sports edge, uh, and talking about uh, you know kids going to college uh, remotely, that uh, <laughs> reminds me that we're available on your mobile computer smart speaker. Just download the Radio.com app, and you can click on WFAN on your mobile or WFAN.com. Just click on Listen Live, or on smart speakers, just say Play WFAN, and of course. If you've missed anything, uh, there's Radio.com Rewind, also on the Radio.com app. Obviously, we're talking about how this, uh, this epidemic is going to affect college and high school athletes, and uh, we're just talking with Tony Fiorino about how this is going to affect uh, kids in college who play sports. We're taking your calls at one 337 6666 Let's hear now from uh, our good friend Jack Smithlin, who just returned from a week in Florida with the Montclair State softball team where he's the hitting coach. Jack, this must have been a very bittersweet uh, situation for you because your team had a great, great, uh, had great success down in Florida. Yeah, look, it, it really did, and, and I think this is a great topic for today uh, because being down there, I mean, every single person, every single kid, even every single umpire was talking about it, and – you know, we got down there a week ago this past Thursday. Uh, we we did play 12 games. We went 10 and two. Um, we were the talk of the tournament. But um, as far as the games, but as far as what's happening around the world, it was the virus. And you know, we every day we were waiting for that call to say, come on home. Um, we had one team from our conference not even go down. They canceled it right from day one. We had another team come down midweek that was going to go from midweek to midweek because they were off last, uh, they're off this week from spring break. And they got down there on Wednesday night and was told to get back on a plane Thursday and come on home. Mm-hmm. So we were wondering why we were not being told to come home, you know. Um, the concern was a lot of the kids, I mean, I've gotten close, you know, to a lot of my, my players. Um, you know, they, they confronted me. They asked me what did I think, and I told them I didn't know. But like I said, every day, you know, we were waiting for that call. Well, you know, talking about the eligibility and talking about Tony, you know, your your friend who just called in, mm-hmm. you know, those are a lot of unbelievable concerns. And we were told, we got, a, we got a, an email actually from our athletic department, I believe, at Montclair, that was received a, a, an email and or a call from, I believe, the NCAA stating that we are being granted our year back, no matter what year you were, freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of the seniors that I got close to came up to me and said, what do we do? Well, I said, that's up to you. I mean, you're not on scholarship. You're not like a D1 player where the coach can extend your scholarship and it not cost you anything. You know, um, you and I have talked about this. My son, Zach, was in a similar situation. He got an injury in one of his years and and lost, you know, didn't lose in a year of eligibility, but was granted a year back. And when he didn't get drafted in a high enough round in his senior year, he decided to play. And the coach at a D1, he played at Penn State. They granted him a full scholarship in his fifth year. So what he had to do was he had to go to graduate school. And you and I had discussed this the other day. 
the the qualification is for graduate school nine credits. You must have nine credits, not the full twelve credits that you do as an undergraduate. So you have to have nine credits, but in reality you don't have to take those nine credits until your until the second semester, your spring semester. So in reality, you can take those nine credits on a full scholarship and not even go to class because they wait for the end of the semester to find out whether you're failing or failed or not to disqualify you. So there's a lot of catches involved, and Tony's concerns with his daughter are, you know, are very big concerns. And well, well, Jack, you know, let me just let me just stop there for a second because you, you know this because you 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 and your son Zach went through this. The difference, right? of course, as you outlined, is that Zach was a full scholarship player, baseball player at Penn State, and. He was able to basically play the extra year, uh, you know, because yep. he was injured. But he didn't have to pay for it, and also because he wanted to play another year, so hopefully he would improve his, his situation with with uh, the draft and pro baseball. But what you're going through as as the as a college coach, yeah, as a D, at a D three program, you know these these are women who were basically thinking, well, okay, I'm a senior. Uh, I'm going to graduate, play my last year of softball, have a great year. We're 10 and 2, which is a hell of a good start. And all of a sudden, they're being told, you know, it's over. So now you, they're coming Done. to you yep. and saying, well, coach, uh, you know, what do I do? Do I come back next year? Do I have to go to graduate school? How much is that going to cost? I don't get any scholarship money, which means I have to exactly. pay out of my own pocket to, to do this. I mean, this. I mean, this is through no fault of their own. They're being thrown into a very, very awkward, difficult situation as as a student athlete, because I'm sure they all would love to play another year of uh, collegiate softball, particularly on a good team, and yet it's going to mean they have to pay for it. And it, I'm but sure they, a lot of these kids also, are going to. Go ahead. Yeah, also, Rick, in baseball, there's also a future after college. Yes. For, with the sport. In softball, there's really not. There's no future after after college. So it's that love of the game and whether I want to continue and play one more year and maybe even start my graduate work, and which is, you know, a plus. A lot of the kids now are getting master's and going to graduate school and things like that. So that's a plus for that Division three school where you're not going to get money. You know, here I can go back start my education, start my graduate education, and still play another year. So that's a plus. Yep. Some of them, you know, I mean, out of the five girls, you know, I'm going to say that probably three of them already know that they're probably going to start their life after softball, after college, you know. And, the, you know, the other two I really didn't discuss it with. But, you know, and like you said, those recruits coming in, you know, they're going to have a, you know, they'll have a problem because now you got, you know, maybe a, a, a person that's 22 years old in front of you when you're 17 years old, you know, you're going to probably sit a whole year and possibly lose a year of eligibility by just being on the roster and, and not playing. But, yep. you know, it's, 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 it's a real sticky situation, but, and it's a big concern. I mean, here I am a, a first year coach in the college level, a dream. It's a, one of my bucket lists to, to coach at the college level, after coaching 44 years at the high school scholastic level, you know, here I am living my dream and it's cut short, like, boom, you know, and our kids were told when we get back uh, today or yesterday, they got back, they have to clear out their rooms and leave. They got to leave campus. They're not even allowed to stay on campus. 
Yeah, so, it's, it's you know, and it's on hold. Supposedly, who you know, who the heck knows what's going to happen? But we were granted our extra year, and that goes for freshmen, sophomores, and juniors and seniors, all granted another year. So you know, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, what we were told, you know, what we were sent in the email, I believe, was Division Three. It yeah. didn't mention Division Two or Division One. So I can't imagine that the NCAA would be so ridiculous not to give it to D- Division Two and Division One. So, and well, uh, plus, it's, yeah. the point is, if they're giving this year back, what are they telling you? They're telling you that they're probably not going to be playing the rest of this season. Well, so, that's the next question. You know, that's I mean, a bummer. I mean. There's two issues here, Jack, and, and uh, one is, okay, yep. the first issue is you were granted an extra year of eligibility regardless of what year you are in school, but have they, yep. have, they officially, have they officially canceled the spring season, or is there a chance that they could be resurrected at some point? It's, it, it, there's a chance that it could be resurrected. There's a chance that it's going to come back, but the NCAA still gave us our year. I'm with so you. Okay. it's going to be – yeah. It's going to be a shortened year no matter what, no matter what. I mean, we've already losing games. We've already had teams cancel our schedule. Yeah. So, you know, from out, you know, from out of our conference, maybe they'll let us play our conference games. Who knows? But, you know, I personally don't think that this virus is going to go away in a week or two. No, I think that's truth. the general sense. I think, sense. in my opinion, it's only going to get worse. So. Yeah. Jack, let me, let me uh, get some more calls here, but thank you for this roundup nope. and your insight. And this is pretty – Pretty impressive that you actually been living through this as a, as a college coach and, and counseling as best you can with these with these women softball players at Montclair. Th- thank you, Jack, uh, and we'll talk to you again, of course, next week. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to Ed over in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. You're on the fan. Well, when I was getting ready for baseball and all that stuff, yeah, the bomb hits. It, it's a uh... It's a scary situation from, from what I'm hearing from people talking to high school coaches in New Jersey and all that stuff. I mean, it's conflicting reports. They may push the season back to April 15th, mm-hmm. maybe May 1st, move back to state tournaments. But getting back to the college thing, here's the thing I wanted to mention, okay? All right, they're granting the eligibility back, and that's on all levels. That That's a fact, one, two, and three. Yep. If you're a freshman that signed a letter of intent, you see you're not going to get playing time right away because I'm sure they're going to be loyal to the player that's maybe maybe been a three year three or four year starter. Of course, I, I wouldn't be surprised if these kids try to break the letter of intent and go play junior college right away. And I think that's exactly what people are talking about now. Uh, obviously, uh, my first guest Tony was talking about that. Obviously, Jack alluded to it. You and I are talking about it now. Yeah, I think a lot of kids who are seniors in high school, whether they've already signed a letter of intent or the kids who are still looking shopping around to see where they get admitted to the college. This is going to have a major impact because they're going to say, well, now I'm going to be even farther away from getting real playing time because a lot of the seniors are going to come back and affect, you know, be like a, you know, a fifth-year senior. It's going to have a huge impact. Well, here's one for you. A few of the conferences, you know, I'm looking on the websites. The Big Ten. Um, coaches cannot even, you know, being at their seasons over, coaches can't even have uh, possible recruits on campus. Or go 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 see them off campus because of this uh, coronavirus. 
Yeah, I did see something in the notes about the fact that the, the recruiting was, there was an immediate halt to all recruiting uh, because of these concerns. It's really just chaos. And, and that I just want to ask you, because, it, again, it's hard to get a sense. Every state's doing this on a, on a sort of an ad hoc basis. In New Jersey, or, or I know they delayed all, all the winter sports have been canceled, the championships. What about the spring? Right. Are you saying the baseball season may still be resurrected later on? That it has not been canceled. I mean, some some schools um, are closed. I mean, yep. some in New Jersey, they're not going back to school till April fifteenth. Okay. So some of these schools, again, it's all predicated on what the Board of Education decide when they're um, when it can go 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 back to school. So again, it, it depends what happens and all that. I know a few of my friends are umpire and signers. They're going crazy right now. Uh, because they've gotten calls, you know, scrimmages are canceled, and, you know, they've been sending us emails because I umpire uh, how they're going to handle letting us know if the games are canceled, you know, yeah. that, that we have and all that. Well, so, it, it's it's just seems to be, again, it'd be nice to have some sort of clearinghouse that people can say, here's the uh, the official word, and here's where we are, and let people know about it, because it's, it's I mean, I'm trying to follow this as best I can, and it's difficult. It's as simple as that. Uh, it's just very, very hard to find out. Was that canceled? Is it postponed? What's the official word? Anyhow, and I got, to, I got to take a, I got to take a break. But thank you as always. Have I will a talk great to you. day, Rick. You too. Right. Thanks, Ed. All right, let me take a time out. When I return, we'll continue our conversation about how coronavirus is affecting our kids at the youth and high school and collegiate uh, level. Stay with me. Hey, friends, don't forget that uh, 9 o'clock this morning, uh, Ed Randall will be here, and he'll be talking baseball with you, talking about uh, the latest uh, situation with uh, Major League Camps and what's happening, spring training, and and so on and so forth. A lot of ground to cover there. Again, that's Ed, Ed Randall, 9 o'clock this morning, talking baseball. And as always, I uh, remind you to check out uh, my blog, where you can post your thoughts and observations as well at askcoachwolf.com. Uh, in fact, I'm also going to mention that I'm beginning to put out the word that uh, I'm doing more and more presentations on sports psychology. And if you'd like me to come to talk to your athletes about sports psychology and its application to kids, uh, just let me know. You can go to AskCoachWolf.com to contact me. Uh, it, the truth is, a number of people over the years have asked me to talk about doing these seminars because there's so much you know, emphasis upon the physical uh, practice and preparation uh, for kids playing sports, uh, but they don't talk much about the mental side. And I'll be glad to come and talk to you about what's the right way to to use visualization, to teach it to, uh, to kids, to coping with fear of failure, to whether goal setting really works, to even coping with uh, superstitions. And of course, how the, the big key in all this is how do you get a youngster, a young athlete into a state of flow where everything seems to just uh, get much, uh, much more in focus and things go at a much slower pace. And that's when you know you really have uh, reached a, a level uh, close to uh, real perfection for your talents. Anyhow, again, you can find me more at kind of more information that to me at AskCoachWolf.com and we can set up a time to, to talk about this. I'm also happy to announce that my revised book, The Sports Parenting Edge, uh, will start to be on sale this coming week, uh, first as an ebook, and then it will come online uh, in print form. You can find it at Amazon. Uh, I, I wrote the first edition 
of the Sports Parenting Edge uh, some years ago, but uh, I went back and I, I realized it was still good, solid advice for uh, sports parents, and so I went back and updated it and revised it. Uh, and again, I'm happy to say it's going to be on sale uh, the next uh, few days on Amazon. Okay, we're talking about obviously the fallout uh, with, with uh, the coronavirus epidemic and the concerns with our kids at the high school, travel, and obviously the college levels. We're taking your calls at one 337 6666 Let's go to our friend Rob out in Lake Success. Hey, Rob, good morning. You're on the Greg, phone. Thank you for taking my call. And That was fabulous listening to Jack. I mean, his call, he's, he's such a great caller. I call him my friend all through you and the show. And Jack, uh, that's spot on. So everything you said, he's lived it. He's living it now as a coach, and yep. everything he basically added to the show, as well as the your opening uh, your opening call. Tony is living it as well, and I believe I guess he's a he's a call to the show as well. He's someone who's involved with the show, and, and it was just just great. A uh, couple things I was just thinking about on Holden when I, when when you opened up. Number one, the commissioner of, of sports, perfect, like you said, perfect idea uh, when we need this right now. And you know when you're talking about with the kids playing in the open. Uh, basketball without the parents being there when you open the show on that. This brings us back to the youth when parents basically, you know, were not around uh, and kids got to play for fun. And, and it just shows how, how parents unfortunately interact and, and cause so many problems. But here's where I want to go with this. Cause when, when I was yesterday working out on, on the track, cause my Boston Marathon is shot. So as an adult, <laughs> I'm losing an opportunity to participate, right. but it's that's not important because I'll move on, okay, um, and, and, you know, I can make adjustments as an adult, but I saw a young kid with his parents, you know, running on the track as well, and, and when I was finished, they said, wow, you, you know, it's nice seeing you out here, you're pretty fast, I go, yeah, you know, I lost my Boston Marathon, what's your kid, is he on track? So he goes, no, 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 he's a diver, and I said, hmm, that's interesting, he goes, yeah, he's, the school's closed, the high school is, is they're looking to close the school, they shut it down for a couple of days to decide what they're going to do out here on this particular Long Island school, yep. but he's Right now, it looks like he's going to lose his season. Now, he's a junior, very, very smart, and he's, so he's gotten looks at like schools like Harvard, Penn, uh, you know, which are division non-scholarship schools. But because these particular schools are not going to get a chance to see him go into his senior year, it looks like their season is cut, at least at this point going forward. He's not going to have that opportunity. So the parents are upset. There's no way for the for these colleges to really see him in his senior year, other than maybe on video. They're sending video. That's what she told me. She goes, they're sending him all over the country. He's third in New York State uh, as of I guess uh, last year or whatever. So he's going in with, with a great resume, but this is really a problem for these kids. You know, that are high level looking for colleges. Where do they go? How are they going to be recruited? And they're you know they really don't have that opportunity really going forward as far as like at the senior level but he's a junior so he might have another opportunity uh to do that but he's that's he's so high level that he's getting looked at right now i mean um, well rob i i look as we both know and obviously everybody's now becoming to 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 uh to grips with this it is really truly uncharted territory the only advice uh that i think we can give to parents and to high school athletes is to say, look, before you start racing off in different directions, sit down, take some time to sit down with your parents or even your high school coach, whatever it might be, or your travel team coach, and say, let's try to figure out a strategy here because every kid, like you mentioned this diver, 
every kid is going to have a unique situation as to how he, how he or she is going to have to cope with this and to try to get in contact with potential college recruiters and to look at possible schools to go to. You know, it, it's it's really going to be, as I said, uncharted it's, it's tricky right and now. unmapped. So. The one thing he did say to me, which I, I actually brought up to the parent, I said, you know what, here's the good news out of this. Everybody in the country right now, because of this virus and, and where we're at here, um, across the country, this, he's going to get another shot, most likely, because all the kids are in the same boat. I was just going to say, it's yeah. a level playing field along those lines, because nobody is competing, uh, uh, because it's, it's, a, it's a national epidemic. So, I, you know, it's just going to be very, very weird and bizarre, and I think we're going to see, once the veil is lifted uh, in terms of the virus, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of things happening over the course of the summer. There'll be uh, ad hoc or impromptu showcases, uh, events, uh, places where high school athletes can and can show their, their talents to college coaches. But it's all going to be really off the cuff and very bizarre. And it's going to be very um, very hard to sort of basically get centralized answers on all of this. Uh, yeah, and and, you know, and Rick, as far as the fifth year, you know, look, we, we, Jack brought it up. I was thinking right away, you know, I, I had to use my fifth year in track to go to graduate school. It worked out with me as well. So I had that opportunity um, because it is kind of the red shirting situation. I know on the division level, these like, but but the younger kids or, or, or the or the division three levels um, that that they gonna have to make that personal choice whether they want to continue I, going to school. But some of the kids that are on scholarship, they'll hopefully maintain their partial scholarship or full time, depending on what, what well, sport it is. They will get that chance. Um, yeah, but and, Rob, and, it, it's still if you're a Division three athlete, or even if you're a, a kid at the D one level or D two, and you're getting a partial scholarship, yeah, that's a personal decision. Then, then you're still going to say, well, I, I'm getting the college I go to costs, I don't know, fifty thousand dollars right. a year. I'm getting fifteen or twenty thousand from athletic scholarship. That means I still have to spend another thirty thousand. That's a shame. Jack had a perfect. His kid was D one, and he got a full ride. But yeah. you're right. I mean, it's It's awful. Let me. Let me. Um, Thank you very much, Rick. Thanks always. I always listen, and and, and congratulations on the book. Uh, th- 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 thanks, Bye. Rob. We'll talk to you again soon. That's uh, Rob from Lake Success. Let's move on to um, to Jimmy from Asbury Park. Jimmy, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hi, good morning, Rick. Um, so he, here it is in a nutshell. My son uh, plays D3 ball on a team that's currently ranked in the top 10 in the country. And uh, so when the NCAA made this announcement about extending the year of eligibility, there's 11 seniors on his team, and the majority of which have said now they're going to come back huh. um, already. My son tells me a bunch of the freshmen are already looking to transfer out because it's going to be a log jam and uh, they, they don't see any chance of, of moving up. I think this decision by the NCAA was, was just too hasty, and I'm sorry to say it, but, you know, sometimes you, when you try to, you know, have a do-over or make-up, you create, create more problems. Uh, I'm sorry for, for some of the seniors and if my son was a senior, I could be honest, I would feel the same way. But you, you, I think the best decision was you, you have to flush the seniors out through the system and then and let the let the whole process go back to normal. Yeah, I, I think, and, and, and nobody wants to say this, uh, Jimmy, but obviously you put that out there, and that is true, that I'm not surprised to hear if your son is playing at a top uh, a D3 program. And now all of a sudden, you know, there's all the seniors in the team, and they're thinking, oh, this is great. We'll all come back and play next year and continue our, our championship year. The kids who are freshmen are thinking, hmm, 
that doesn't have a good impact upon my situation because I've been waiting patiently as a freshman to play when these guys graduate, and now they're coming back next year. So, uh, and, you know, that's, that again, the fallout, the thinking through this whole thing, and maybe, maybe the NCAA, maybe they don't, maybe they're going to say, look, there is no perfect solution to this, but we feel so sorry for the kids who are seniors and the clock has run out on their, on their eligibility. I understand that. I understand, as I said, uh, you know, uh, as we discussed already, kids who are uh, coming in uh, as recruits may want to revisit where they're going to college. It's going to be a mess, and I don't think it's going to have a perfect, easy solution, but it's out there. And, Jimmy, I, I think your point is well taken. I am, you know, it, it's it's hard. Okay, I, I just, uh, you know, I'm looking here at the clock, and I do want to say this because uh, I've, I've alluded to it a couple of times before uh, we get to our, our next caller. But, I, I, you know, this is an opportunity you know, this as parents, this gives us sort of this a unique and rare and excellent opportunity to to go out and and once again connect with your kids with sports. You got to go take some time just to go out and 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 have a catch with them or shoot some hoops or kick a soccer ball with them. Take some time to get them to tell you about what their hopes and dreams are in in playing uh, sports, uh, not just by way in sports but in life. Use this time off to really connect with them, look them in the eye, hug them, give them praise, tell them how much fun you have enjoying to watch them play, and just, of course, to reassure them that uh, the world will come back to a more normal state in in the weeks and months to come. This may all sound a little hokey, uh, but I tell you, this is the right time. The truth is, the truth is that lots and lots of our kids and youngsters and young people are scared of this coronavirus. They're scared of what this break from sports means. All of them have lived in a world as we have, where sports was always out there, is always a major part of our daily existence. So our children, they need to be reassured that there will be sports in their lives again, and that will happen soon, and that they will be healthy, that they're going to come through this in flying colors. They need for you to tell them to reassure them. And again, talk to them about sports. Talk to them about their hopes and dreams. Talk to them what they want to do in life afterwards. It's as simple as that. I, I, I got to tell you, I think this is absolutely essential as part of parenting. And again, while we're all sitting around scratching our heads waiting for the next word to come out from the, the government about in terms of uh, the health and welfare of our, our population, Take the time to grab your kid and reassure them that sports will come back in their lives. They can spend some time now just practicing on their own, on their own skills. But at some point, when sports come back, they should be ready to go. All right, let me take a time out. When I return, I'll take some more calls if I have time. Let's try to get one more caller in. Let's go to Tom over in Brick, New Jersey. Tom, uh, good morning. You have about uh, 30 seconds, Tom. All right, quick. Let me tell you something. Yeah. All I've just listened to for the last hour broke my heart. Humanity may never find a cure for this virus, and people are worried about people going to college. Goodbye. Well, I, I'm not sure we're, we're at that point of doom and gloom. Uh, I mean, if you listen to all the medical reports, uh, that the fact is the everybody says that that the vast majority of uh, our population will be healthy and will get through this uh, fairly clearly, cleanly. But the fact is, it's still a concern, as with any medical epidemic. But I don't think we're time ready to just say it's the end of the world. I think we have more to come, and we look forward to to happier days for sure for our kids. 
Okay, on that note, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Brian Roscona and to Pat Boyle. Please stick around for Ed Randall. He is up next. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.